0: Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. You're here with me, Brother Thomas Torres, a Dominican friar, and today sadly we do not have Dan. Dan's got other commitments, but we are pleased, uh, or should I say, I am pleased <laughs> finally to be joined by
1: Mary Stella. Mary
0: Stella. I've got an apology to make actually because I got your name <laughs> wrong. I got your name wrong in the last podcast. Well, um, I do
1: have a long complicated Spanish name. <laughs>
0: So this is Dr. Maristela Rodriguez Guerra. Did I pronounce that right? still
1: got it wrong.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe I should just let you introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Um, Maristela Ramirez Guerra.
0: <laughs> I got Ramirez last time. What did I say this time? Did I say Rodriguez? I
1: think you said Rodriguez. Oh
0: See, this is why you always write it down. I mean, I've known you for a few years now. I should be able to get your name right. That's so embarrassing. No. I apologize. It's been a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Where Where are you based at the moment?
1: Um, so I'm currently based in Honduras. Honduras. I came to visit my parents who are based here and have been for many years. Right before the lockdown, with no idea that I was going to get stuck in this country for more than a year.
0: So then COVID happened, right? And then that was that.
1: COVID happened. COVID happened, and I got stuck here.
0: <laughs> and what's what's next for you? You've got some uh, exciting things uh, coming up,
1: right? So I'm traveling tomorrow to Notre Dame, Indiana. I think. Uh, and I'll be uh, doing a bit of research and a bit of theology and. Uh, just some fun summer stuff, really. Trying to survive the very, very hot weather over in Indiana. Is it
0: quite humid in um, Indiana? Have you been to Indiana before? Have you been to...
1: I have. That's where I was right before coming here. Right, in. yeah. Um, so it's freezing in the winter, like minus 20 degrees. <laughs> and like 30 plus in the summer. Uh, <laughs> it's like complete extremes. Is it humid? Yeah. Uh, that's what like I can't take. Humidity. So it's I'm hating that really at the moment muddy. in
0: Oxford. In Oxford, it's really it's not just that it's warm I can cope with warm what I can't cope with is humidity and yeah. I, it just knocks me out you know oh gosh no well that's exciting anyway and who knows maybe we'll find you back in uh, blighty back in <laughs> back in uh, the UK uh, sooner rather than later it'd be great to have you have you around again um so today you're talking uh, to us about pursuing a vocation and your vocation in particular that you're still in the process of discerning it's probably important to say that right at the beginning that at some point in this process that you're in you might choose uh, to say well actually maybe i'm not called to be a lay dominican and then you could i don't know find something else maybe but it seems like you you're pretty set on uh, pursuing a vocation to to be a lay dominican so what is a lay dominican
1: we uh, are lay people who commit to living our lives through the D- dominican charism and it's has re- the four pillars of the dominican life prayer study community and apostolate and it is it is that it's living the dominican charism but in our everyday lives as a lay person so i can get married uh, and most lay dominicans are married and have children but we also live these four pillars of of the Dominican life. And part of our formation, especially, for example, this year. So each year our formation changes, um, it follows a certain topic. And this year we're looking at preaching. So what does preaching look like for a lay Dominican? I mean, we're never going to give a homily. (laughs) Uh, We might teach, some of us teach, um, which I guess can be seen as a sort of type of preaching, but hopefully more of a dialogue. But it's interesting, as a lay Dominican, I actually teach about the faith much more than than you're aware of. And it's only been because this year we've been thinking about it that we've all sort of come out like, oh, right, that one time, that one thing that happened. I was at a Christmas party shortly after one lay Dominican retreat, um, and a lot of the sort of preaching as a lay Dominican had been discussed. And the encyclical Vitae came up and questions about it and there I was (laughs) (laughs) explaining this encyclical at a Christmas party Um, and I thought well this is appropriate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is very Dominican. Uh, Maybe you could say very very briefly uh, who wrote the encyclical uh, Humana Vitae and just a little bit about uh, what it addresses.
1: Um, Well it was uh, written by Paul VI back in 1968 it came after a commission studied the question about whether the church would recognize artificial contraception or not and i I think two of the i mean one of the most important points politics highlights is the unitive nature of the conjugal act and how closing off the possibility of life from it interrupts that that unity that sort of it, it it kind of steps in the way and it's much more unitive if it, you, you are open to life every single time.
0: And you find yourself talking about this papal encyclical at a Christmas party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. We've all been there. You know, any Dominican that you speak to will be able to uh, definitely be able to relate. <laughs> so you say that you live these uh, four pillars of the Dominican life. Prayer, study, community, and preaching or mission. In what uh, way, like what does community life look for you? Because obviously for friars, for sisters, for nuns, for lay brothers and priests and things, we have community life but of course we don't have families you know we all live together in a convent what about lay dominicans i mean the do lay dominicans all live together in a convent with all their families together i mean what does community life look like for a lay dominican
1: well i mean it's it's very much based in prayer so we do pray for each other and we're um in touch with each other on a regular basis and some some fraternities are very active in doing apostolate together so um they'll do there's one fraternity in England which does a lot of community work around eco- ecological issues. They live down in, in Devon. And so, or they help each other out with uh, some task in the parish, or they organize, like the lay Dominicans in New York regularly organize talks. Um, and they're the ones who give the talks and the, you know, the Lenten series or Advent series. So it's very open the way that communal apostolate can take place so that's one way of sort of living this fraternal life the other way is just really just sharing with each other so we do meet once a month to pray together to have a meal together to we receive formation together we have our retreats together we have our yearly formation days together
0: you have talks and things
1: together and stuff yeah exactly um and then just simple things like i i Obviously, there's Dominican lay Dominicans of every age. I'm in the for my fraternity in Oxford because I'm still officially attached to the Oxford fraternity. I'm I'm on the younger quota, you know, quota of the of the fraternity.
0: I won't ask you how old you are. I never, never ask the lady ask. her age.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's very young, I'll say, and that's all I'll uh, say.
1: But like, I remember this uh, one of the other girls and her husband. They have this house in Oxford, and um, and they'll organize a barbecue and invite us all over and so we'll have this afternoon oh, together wonderful. so it, it's the sense of of sharing a life
0: community life yeah sharing a life together having a common life together enjoying each other's company and fraternity and friendship yeah no absolutely that's absolutely beautiful and you've already spoken there a little bit about the prayer and the uh, mission that you have together and things so no yeah that's that's uh that's really beautiful thanks thanks very much for for sharing that uh so obviously lay dominican's You've hinted there, I mean, by the word lay, that implies that you're you're secular, right? So you live out in the world. You don't live in a a cloister or in a convent or a priory or a friary like friars or sisters or nuns do. Uh, You've also said that you can get married, you can have children. What other sort of differences are there between lay Dominicans and the priests or nuns or sisters of the order?
1: Well, I guess one straight off is, in terms of the Liturgy of the Hours, we pray lauds, uh, so we commit to pray lauds and vespers. It's a a bit less more adapted to the fact that we will just have another job, you know, we'll have a job and we'll have our family. We do pray the rosary, we go to mass, uh, confession regularly. It's not within a set time schedule where we do it with each other, So it is ideal if we can do it in community um, and if we can do it with each other. And I remember when I was in Oxford, because my schedule allowed me to, I would pray Vespers with you guys. I would go to Blackfriars, and stay to Mass and pray Vespers.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Those were good days. I remember. I remember that. Those were good days. I miss having people around for Vespers. It was nice to have people around for Vespers. I miss it a lot.
1: The reality is most of the time, lay Dominicans will pray it, you know, when they get home from work, um, as they wake up. So, you know, moving it around their everyday lives, I mean, especially if they've got little kids, you know, you probably feed the little kid first and then pray fast first. Um, There's more flexibility in terms of our schedule. Um, I know one of the older lay Dominicans at Oxford, he always goes to the chaplaincy for mass, um, while many others will go very early in the morning because it works better. So that's Mm. definitely a difference. It's the way our lives are structured that reflects the fact that we most of us have office hours and and. Many of us have kids of some form, um, either teenagers or little babies. Mm. or
0: it sounds to me like as well, you've also got freedom in another way, right? So like here we have you, you know every morning here <laughs> the bell will go off at 6:45 <laughs> whether you like it or not. Seven o'clock you're down there, you're praying Lords, 730, you've got mass. Uh, if you don't have a really good reason, you know you should be at midday office at one o five. You know you've got communal dinner in the evening that you have to be at. You've got so there's a certain sort of pattern, a rhythm, and a certain structure to our day that's constantly interrupting the other things that you that you have to do. You're also assigned to a place that you live when you're a friar or a sister or a nun. Uh, you're assigned to a particular place. Uh, whereas of course for you as a lay Dominican, you know you can get up out of out of Oxford and you can go to Honduras right so
1: (laughs) (laughs) well there's there is a bit of um so we all lay dominicans are attached to a specific fraternity which is attached to a specific priory
0: okay yeah
1: um and then if we move usually what would happen is I would move to the fraternity where um I would be in my case (laughs) when I moved to Notre Dame it was only going to be for two months so no change of fraternity was established um and then once that got extended the brothers at Notre dame were like well you should probably start going to chicago which is like two hours away because there's no fraternity in in Notre dame um and then covid hit you could and...
0: start a fraternity in notre dame yes this is one of w- could, one of them said you could He's be the like, oh, promoter of lay Stella. vocations in notre dame <laughs>
1: No, no, get this. So one of the brothers was like, well, you know, I knew this lay Dominican, wherever she would go, she would start a fraternal group.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a great idea to me. I'm all for all for establishing new fraternities all over the world.
1: And then COVID <laughs> hit and I got stuck in Honduras. And so basically the president of the Oxford fraternity kind of said, well, you're still attached to us and we're meeting on Zoom anyways. So Let's just continue. You're still part of Oxford. Um,
0: oh, that's wonderful. So then, tell me, uh, do you take do you take vows? Of course. So for for friars, for example, uh, I made my solemn vows last year, and I made a vow of obedience, obedience to God, to Blessed hmm. Mary, to a holy father, Saint Dominic, and to the to the prior provincial in place of the master of the order. So I've made a vow of obedience, which is also to obey the the rule and constitutions of our order so my vow of obedience includes poverty and chastity what about lay dominicans do you do you take vows Hmm.
1: so we do take vows um but we don't take a vow of chastity um and we do live them out differently well we don't take i mean we can get married most of us some some people there are some lay dominican institutions that remains celibate, that's very specific, but mostly Dominicans don't.
0: Oh, of course, in the Catechism, in, in 915, in the Catechism, it says that uh, the evangelical councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience are proposed for all the lay faithful to live. So all the lay faithful, to some extent, are to live poverty, chastity, and obedience. But for vowed religious, of course, this includes celibacy. It is the vow that you take then obedience, which includes a certain form of simplicity of living and a certain form of chaste love but not celibate chaste love is that what what goes on yeah there?
1: that's that's what goes on there and you have to so when at the very beginning as i was an inquirer so the the first six months as a lay dominican you are known as an inquirer and i that was one of the big questions i had i said well how am i supposed to live the vow of poverty as a lay dominican and she said well the first important thing is that you're actually asking so you're you're trying you're discerning the process of how you're supposed to live it, and then the second thing is you you need to look at your own circumstances, and that will depend on what type of job you have, what type of family life you have, and within that to try to live simply, because you have to look at what your needs are, what your family's needs are, and what is above that. What what are you spending on that might not be a need, and it's simply uh, you know a guilty pleasure right. or something, and you you need to sort of discern whether that's something that is compatible with a simple life.
0: You know, that's really interesting because I find myself doing like a poverty check every now and again. Like, I mean, the you know, Dominicans, we, we tend not to hoard things generally speaking generally speaking but our guilty pleasure is books you know like I, so we, we tend to isn't it true we tend to sort of like we hoard we tend to like hoard books and like devour books and i mean we're always in the priory we're always uh lending them to people and reading and i mean partly because it facilitates the mission right Uh, We'll read a book and it helps us to grow in our knowledge and our love of God and then helps us to preach the gospel for the salvation of souls. So it makes sense then that we're reading. Of course there is the story about Saint Dominic where he sells his books to give alms to the poor and uh, when he's questioned about it you know brother Dominic why are you why are you selling your books you know needed for study? And he said well how can i study from these dead skins when i see living skins starving and in want but it it, it dominic was still very i mean where did he send his friars he sent them to places where the universities were being established this these are in the very early days of the universities you know paris bologna oxford very you know the order was founded in what Twelve, sixteen. <laughs> I sh- I should really be better with that date. Don't worry. But, uh, I shouldn't sound so unsure. You know, these are these are very much in the early days of the universities, uh, and he sends his his Dominicans off there. So it's not that he thinks <clears throat> study is unimportant, um, but again, it's at the service of Jesus Christ. It's at the service of preaching the gospel.
1: And you have to keep a balance.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to keep a balance, like statues and rosaries and and things like that. They tend to be a, a guilty pleasure people often say you know oh gosh if you could you you'd own your own piety stall and it's true I would and actually in one of my parishes in a previous existence (laughs) I did run a piety stall (laughs) um, but yeah I mean it's one of those things where you ask yourself what is it that I need am I living a poor a poor and simple life am I living poverty to a reasonable extent or am I being very extravagant am I being faithful to that call to simple living that that we find in the gospel and that's going to be very different to what that looks like when you're dealing with somebody who's got like three kids right it's going to be a, a different a different experience and so i have a certain sort of to some extent a freedom really i have a freedom to be poor in a in a very particular radical way that actually families can't do that you know with young children especially Oh, that's, so that's really interesting. So then you do mm. take, you two take vows. Actually, one thing that I haven't asked you yet, how did you first meet Dominicans? How did you first come acro- across us?
1: Well, I had arrived in Oxford to study and I walked out the street. I don't remember where I was headed, nor what time of year it was, though in theory it would have been October. and. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what know. time
0: of year it was, but no, in theory it's I... October. Theory, you know, I'm October. surprised you didn't say in theory it was like October thirteenth at <laughs> three PM.
1: <laughs> the point is there was a procession going down the street.
0: Oh, this might have been Corpus Christi then. Yeah, no, no but
1: it doesn't make sense for it to be Corpus Christi, which is why you I'm, like, in theory that it was supposed to be October. So okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> maybe then, there was a I rosary procession. Why. So yeah. I used to live as a student in on at St. Cross College, which is right next to Blackfriars. Mm-hmm. And so I walk out the street, there's a procession going by, and I, being, being me, I walk up to the first person in the procession, and it's like, where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so you... Were they carrying a giant crucifix or something? And you thought, this looks yeah, like this, someone and then in well, charge. They,
1: they, they were just walking behind <laughs> the large crucifix. Anyway, and they're like, oh, we're just going in here. And so I followed them into Blackfriars Priory. This oh, is how wonderful. I first encountered Blackfriars Priory.
0: I wonder who it was. If it wasn't Corpus no Christi, I mean, I don't know any other procession that comes so, here. So this Isn't is that how wonderful? I met
1: English Dominicans. My first major encounter with the Dominicans was when I moved to New York. I went to the local parish, which is run by Dominicans, St. Vincent Fair. But I, I was in one of those weird times in life where I wasn't, I was sort of going like I was working and I wasn't paying too much attention. And yeah, there were friars. I really love the homilies. The music was great. And that was it. And, <laughs> 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 and then I, I moved to Oxford, and there I am, right next to Blackfriars. Um, and my like kitchen window faced the orato- uh, like the chapel, Blackfriars oh, nice. Church and i could hear the brothers praying vespers every night as i made my dinner
0: (laughs) oh that's beautiful what an image no
1: it was absolutely beautiful and i and i thought i was the only one who noticed it until one day one of my roommates from you know on my floor comes into the kitchen and the brothers were you know praying vespers and she's like i love it when the friars pray (laughs) Like, this girl, she's, like, Jewish. She's, oh. like, absolutely
0: not. Oh, that's such a wonderful story. I'd never heard that before. I'm going to have to tell the friars that. Because sometimes we can sort of be like, oh, gosh, oh, you know, we wish our singing was better or something like that. But when you hear that, actually, other people, even from a distance, hear us praying, keeping the church's liturgy, keeping the church's hours, praying for the world. And then, actually, other people hear that. And there, uh, it consoles them and encourages them. You know, I, I, I that's wonderful. Oh, thank you very oh, much you're for you're telling welcome. me that. Aw, but- that's not so lifty, because now you see, because of course we, we during our liturgy of the hours we have to keep the church closed because of COVID. But knowing then that there might be some people in St Cross who hear, hear us, uh, hear us at prayer and. Um might take heart and uh raise the mind to the lord for a minute that's wonderful thank you thanks for telling us that
1: but anyways that's how it started i i then met this girl named genevieve and she used she was thinking of becoming a dominican sister and she would go to mass and pray vespers every day with the brothers and we became very good friends and so i started to join her then i would say i would say for vespers or i would just go for vespers (laughs) if i couldn't make it to mass um and that's that's really where i started to pray vespers Uh, thanks to genevieve basically Mm. (laughs) And she she discerned out of that and then I and I remember thinking about it at the time oh, wow! That it wasn't my path. And I finished my studies and I moved to Germany. And then I really missed Blackfriars.
0: Mm. So you came back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of that, a dear friend of mine, absolutely dear friend of mine from my time in New York, became a lay Dominican. So she's a member of the uh, fraternity at New York, out of St. Vincent's. She started to post. She started to post on Facebook about OP life. She would hashtag OP life her posts.
0: Amazing. <laughs> and
1: I'm like, huh? I love it. Don't feel called to being a sister, but what Maria I, is doing, <laughs> I could do that.
0: <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag OP wannabe. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Oh, it, it's so encouraging. Like hearing, uh, hearing how somebody came to to see that this is something that they wanted to pursue what what they wanted to do I mean really, I'm very conscious of, of oh time we've only got about <laughs> 10 minutes left or so so maybe you could <laughs> um maybe actually yeah j- j- tell us a little bit about what attracted you actually to Dominican life what was it that attracted where you sort of thought mm, maybe not sisters but actually yes I could do this but what was it about being a Dominican that excited you so much
1: well I think it <sighs> It wasn't this like one concrete thing oh i'm going to pray the literature hours or i'm going to live in community it was the fact that when i was with the dominicans both when i was with the brothers when i was once i started with the fraternity one i felt this great joy two i felt this huge sense of freedom i felt so free to just be me um and i felt at home and i think going back to the subject of being free it's sense that Yes, I, I I commit to do these very specific things, but when it comes to my own personal prayer and the way I structure that, I am free to choose that which leads me best to the Lord. And I'm I love lectio divina, and it that is definitely something that mm-hmm. I don't I, I just do wherever I live, like in my parish or with friends or with it. It doesn't have to be this Dominican thing. So it it, it it's this sort of this freedom of really discerning the way that God is showing you to do things.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, you just reminded me of a quote from St. Reginald of Orleans. I think he's a saint rather than a blessed. (laughs) Maybe I'm promoting him (laughs) without realizing. I should really be better at these things in my memory. Um, But he said, I I don't think it has profited me much to be a Dominican because I've enjoyed it so much. I I really hope that you get that sort of enjoyment and seeing the place, obviously, that study has in your life (laughs) and the relationship that, study has with your prayer life and uh how these things are all sort of intertwined and i think for dominicans that sort of intellectual sort of pursuit of truth and that pursuit of truthful ways of living in things which clearly you you try to incorporate into your into your own life is something that's just yeah clearly you have this hunger and this thirst and and desire for the truth and in this you're you're pursuing god so this is uh yeah i hope that i hope that you carry on uh enjoying it as you as you appear to be and you reminded me of another quote that i had recently from father paul murray great dominican great spiritual writer one of the world's great mm. conversationalists he's he who's a friend of mother Teresa. have you have you met uh mm-hmm. father paul
1: is he the australian brother
0: no oh that's that is father paul that's a different <laughs> right. father paul that's father paul rouse so father paul murray is is an irish dominican who teaches at the angelicum all
1: oh, right okay
0: he stayed with us while i was a minor bishop for for uh, uh about a month or so he, really wonderful man he wrote a great book that i'd recommend everybody to read called the new wine of dominican spirituality a drink called happiness and mm-hmm. it's it's so yeah. beautiful i'd say it's the if anybody is thinking about a dominican vocation i'd say it's like the book to to read you can get it on amazon for like probably about 12 pounds or something like that it's wonderful and um, he talks about how dominic was described as somebody who was stupefyingly free so hearing you talk about your vocation in terms of freedom and and things like that is really encouraging because you see those sort of touchstones with lots of dominican parts of life you know and dominican saints and blessed's who have gone before us as part of our uh, part of our Dominican family. And that's very often when Dominicans are, are talking about uh, lay Dominicans and friars and sisters and nuns and things, we talk about the Dominican family, how we're all, uh, how one, we're family. all one family yeah. yeah even though for example some people I think it's some of the apostolic sisters don't make a vow to the master of the order. I think lay Dominicans do from memory. Yes, do. nuns yes. do lay Dominicans do uh, the friars and and the priests do, but I think the apostolic sisters, I don't think, I don't think that they do. <laughs> mm but still we're I have one so no <laughs> where this comes honest. from is sister Tamsin Geach I remember she once said to me you know I'm I'm a, a real Dominican because she used to be a lay Dominican before she became a, a sister oh, yeah before she joined the stone congregation the uh, Dominican sisters of Saint Catherine uh, of Siena yeah she was a lay Dominican so she said well I did make vows to the master of the order but when she became a sister I think she didn't. Uh, but yeah, they're still part of our one Dominican family and they're a great support to our friars in, in in Cambridge and throughout the country, actually. But they live quite close to our friars in Cambridge. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what the process to become a lay Dominican looks like. How long does it take to become a lay Dominican?
1: Right. So <laughs> since I haven't completed the process, I, I, I'd have to count right now how many years it actually takes. Um, but so you do first, let's just say the, the, the sort of established period you've got 6 months as an inquirer then you you request to be admitted and that's a year you're admitted for a year and then after that if you wish to continue you be, do simple profession and that's for 3 years um, and after that you discern whether you want to do your life profession after the three years.
0: Simple profession then is when you make when you make uh like vows for a specific period of time like yes you, you make you make your vow for like three years yes is that right yes and then your life profession then you make vows then for life right
1: <laughs> um so and as I said that's the, the sort of established mode there's a couple of variations like for example the the fraternity up in glasgow because especially when you're younger they feel that like me you move around a lot or you've got a lot of changes and so they allow people to be inquirers for a longer time in my case for because of all that's happened i officially in official terms i should be like simply professed at this point like just by the amount of time um and i'm not and it's because of everything that's happened so i've also become the sort of extended inquire um but it's it's Hmm. it's it's there is a certain level of flexibility there's there was a couple of people in my fraternity who requested to be an inquirer for a full year and so there's there's certain openness for it to be a bit more flexible in 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 reference to sort of how our lives are slightly different like we yeah adapting to to our lives
0: so is the first step then is the first step then just like finding a lay fraternity getting in touch and then you turn up for a little while and then you might ask if you can become an inquirer is that like how it works
1: um well you you have, yeah the first one is to get in touch with the fraternity you say that you're interested you, you'll probably be invited to come in for one life for a meeting and you'll have a talk with whoever is in charge of Inquirer Formation in that fraternity. So the the Oxford Fraternity, it's Carlos, so he does the Inquirer Formation. So you, you have a couple of talks with him. Um, and if you wish to continue, you continue as an Inquirer uh, until you're ready to be admitted. And it is because it's it's a, it's a discernment is a dialogue. Um, it's a dialogue between you and God and a dialogue between you and the fraternity. So it's between you, God, and the fraternity. So you are discerning whether mm. you want to become a lay Dominican, but they're also discerning with you yeah and and seeing if you could be a lay dominican and so it's it's very much in that sense a community process the community, you know they're seeing if it's the right thing for you you're seeing if it's the right thing for you
0: that's great it's an international thing right there are lay dominicans all over the world you spoke about in new york and you spoke about here in oxford how would people find their local uh, lay fraternity if they were interested in learning more about what a lay Dominican is I mean presumably they could go to the internet and find out more about being a lay Dominican but if they wanted to make that next step and get in touch with a local fraternity how would they do that would they go would they could they talk to a Dominican friar for example or would they look directly through, for the fraternity
1: you can do either or um, so most fraternities will have or will have a website and, and there and there'll be also a website for the entire province so in England the lay Dominican Province of England has its website the lay Dominicans of the Eastern Province in the US have a website and they include information for the entire country even though they're only the eastern part that one's a very informative website, by the way. If anyone's interested, laydominicans.org, org, and they have tons of resources.
0: Is it laydominicans.org? dot org? They don't have Eastern there or anything. no
1: laydominican.org, org, but they can look up the it's, the. it's the Lay Dominican Province of Saint Joseph. I think it's Saint Joseph yep. or Eastern Province, Eastern Province of the U.S. Um, so they've got tons of sources. That's a really good website. Or if you do have a prior nearby, a bro- like brothers, then talk to one mm-hmm. of the brothers because they'll know. Because there's always uh one of the friars is the promoter for the lay dominicans so he's the one who meets he goes to all our fraternity meetings so he'll know very closely who to talk to within the, the lay dominicans
0: who's that in um who's that in england at the moment do you know
1: oh my god his name father david father david
0: father david Goodill. thank you
1: i couldn't remember his last name
0: <laughs> so father david goodell is based here in oxford and if you google father david goodell you'll be able to find his email address and so if you shoot him off an email, say you'd like to know more about the lay Dominicans, he'll be able to put you in touch with someone who you'll be able to talk to. Obviously, you're still in your discernment. What have you learned? What sort of tips would you give to people who are discerning their vocation, whether it be marriage or priesthood or religious life, or to be a lay Dominican, whatever it is?
1: I mean, first of all, definitely find a way to gain mental silence. The The best way to hear God's voice is to have mental silence. So go somewhere where you can disconnect from all our different applications, phones, computers um, that distract us and really have the space to be with the Lord by yourself and the silence for that. It can be an extended process, it can be a shorter process, some people know very quickly, some people don't. Um, And as I say, it is an ongoing dialogue, it's essential that you have this conversation. And also consider talking to a good friend who, I mean, a good friend of yours that is close to God, who may be a religious, maybe a married person, and ask them, um, you know, for advice. And a lot of people see us from outside and understand better than we do sometimes what we're going through. And I know this sounds a bit weird, but surprisingly, if they're very close, it does help. Uh, but you can also consider different questions. You can consider um, if you have like a desire for the salvation of souls through the preaching of the gospel, I mean this is very specific to Dominicans, um, if you love the truth, the uh, m- motto of the order is veritas, you need should consider if you have, have a devotion to the rosary, Dominicans especially to the rosary, a studious nature, uh, Sort of deeper love of god and, and the church so these these are questions things you, you could consider um that would be very specific to the dominicans but as you say essential the dialogue with god and then this the thing is and and here is like i i find at least in through my own experience god does talk through our desires if you really are attracted to a specific order or a specific life and this can be a married life. This can be a religious life. This can be um, a single life. Like, look at that. Why? Why do you desire it so much? Um,
0: That's a good question. Why do you desire it so much? I really like the point that you make. Actually, uh, you're basically saying, you know, that you can't discern by yourself. You know, it's not all supposed to be a conversation that goes on in your mind or anything like that. You know, eventually, you do have to talk to somebody else about it. And you have to ask them about it. I think that's a really good place to end it. So thank you very much, Doctor Maristella. No, thank
1: you um, for inviting it's, me. <laughs> it's
0: fantastic to have you on, and the first, uh, the first doctor to have to to be on our to be on our uh, uh, program, and also the first lady as well. I mean, that's it's fantastic actually to have a, the voice of a lady on the podcast. So usually it's just me and Dan and our dulcet tones going on. But thank you very much for coming on, and maybe just one last question. What's your favorite Bible verse?
1: Ooh, actually, it's uh, part of a (laughs) psalm. So it's Psalm 23. I know that's a cliche, but I love Psalm 23. (laughs) In the sense that uh, our our Lord uh, makes me walk through green pastures.
0: I love it. Thank you very much. And on that note, we're going to love you and leave you. And uh, thank you for tuning into this uh, episode with me and uh, Dr. Maristella. Good night. God bless.
1: Good night. Bye. Thank you. God bless.
0: Actually, it might be daytime with the listening. Yeah. <laughs> God bless.
1: God bless.